and a hush fell over the crowd in the manger and such and such. Welcome to Emmaus Way. It's the first week of Advent, and in our new six-season rhythm, we're going to loop in a Sunday of Christmas and Epiphany in there, so Advent and beyond, which will carry us, carry us all the way to Epiphany Sunday on January 5th, I think it is. But we're glad you're here tonight to help us kick it off as we settle into comfortable, familiar Emmaus Way Advent rhythms. And I imagine for many of us a comfortable need for a season like this that is willing to speak about light and dark in the ways that they settle right into and next to each other. And how easy it is to find ourselves mired in one, ignoring the other. And this is a season that invites us to find the space in the darkness where light is still yet breaking in. And that's what we're going to be up to together for these four weeks. So, to call us together tonight, this from Sarah Bessie. Advent is the church's way of observing and remembering, of marking the truth. We believe that God came to be with us once, and God is still with us, and God is coming again to set all things right. It is declaring that we believe it still. God is redeeming all that is broken in us and curing all that is sick in us and bringing all that is dead in us to life. Don't be afraid. Prepare your hearts. And because we're running on a short schedule tonight, we have Advent wreath making coming up. We're going to sing our community song quickly together and then send our kids off upstairs. This is one I don't remember in Advent, but this hasn't been a community song, so you can't pretend not to know it. <laughs> oh, come, oh, come, verses later on, but that'll be, that's what we'll do for tonight. Kids, head on upstairs. You've got Advent doings to do, and we'll see you back down a little bit for Advent wreath making. It's just, there's just a lot in there, you know, there's just a lot to, lot to consider in that whole thing. Uh, so to light the Advent wreath tonight, as we'll do all four weeks of Advent, uh, we like to sort of distribute this among different voices in our community, and tonight we have Becca and Avery Lamb helping us enter into this season. Tonight we enter into the season of Advent. It is the four-week period where we anticipate and prepare for the coming of God incarnate. As we light the first candle, we kindle it with expectation. We long for God to come into our world to break through with compassion, justice, and peace. We wait in expectation of the yes, but not quite yet. We remember the times we longed for God to be present to us, this congregation, and this world, remembering the signs of God, signs of past goodness and the goodness to come, 
Signs that disturb, surprise, and awaken us. An angel's voice, a prophet in the wilderness, a virgin with child. Signs we might otherwise quietly dismiss as ridiculous, but signs that have and will in fact change everything, for they are signs of Emmanuel, God with us. Let us now enter into the season of expectation to wait and to remember the signs of God with all of our excitement, questions, and hope. Thank you, guys. The light shines in the darkness. And continuing a rhythm that we started together, well, at least during our last um, Revelation, time of Revelation series, we wanted to keep together some sort of communal prayer, um, and though there's sort of more pieces bouncing around, we didn't want to open quite as much space, but we did want to hold on to that rhythm. So tonight we have this communal prayer that we'll be holding uh, with, for each other during Advent. I'll start, and you've got the bold there where you can join in. Oh God, the day will surely come. Hold us in the meantime, that we might not fear the long night. The time will surely arrive. Give us signs while we wait. What is left for us to do, O God, but to hold on to your promise, that new life can be born out of the most unlikely places. Help us, wake us, stir us, so we don't miss you, Emmanuel. Amen. So Susan's is going to pop up for Songs of Prep, but we do have several announcements. Or at least we wanted to orient you a little bit to sort of the rhythm during Advent. Seems like it's always a lot the same and always a little bit different. So to run maybe quickly through the second half, this sort of portion of our gathered time, uh, making Advent wreaths together tonight. Next week, we have a sort of conversation practice that we're going to set up, a sort of small group conversation practice as we've been trying to center in each season in some way. That's right, and Julie Riley will offer a homily, and we're going to have guest homileticians every one of the further three, four weeks, three weeks of Advent after tonight. Uh, and then and we'll have music together every week. Uh, actually, Neil will be with us the second and third week of Advent. To get to that third week, we've got our guest homiletician is Brett Fox, um, our prison chaplain friend and congregant friend. Um, and that night we'll have our more typical, what was often like we did week after week, um, Advent stations, worship stations. And we'll, so we'll have a time of those and various people in the community are getting ready for those, preparing for that on the 15th. And then the 22nd. Oh my. Um, we're going to have the inaugural um, Iwe Advent pageant. And uh, we're going to do that under the under the stalwart leadership of Suze and, and really Neil as well, who are sort of going to combine for musical duties throughout Advent. Suze will be back with us on the 22nd, but she is also, in, in between now and then, going to be spearheading uh, uh, an effort to, on this very stage behind you, to mount an all-ages intergenerational Iwe Advent pageant on December the 22nd. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to leave to her. She can intersperse, you know, you know, nuggets about it as she wants. But that's, that's going to happen. And so the pivot then to the first half, 
We're going to hold some space in each of the next three weeks, 8, 15, 22nd, for folks that are musically or artistically or otherwise preparing for that zany Advent pageant on the 22nd. We're also going to have a session that's, um, did, we, did we get, yeah, on the Peacemaker book? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have, uh, we have a sort of set of, uh, you tell about this. I don't know what this is. There's, a, I'll pull it out because I'm a dork and have it. Um, if you're looking for an Advent devotional, if I can get it out of my book, um, it's really great. So, just a second. Keep Watch With Me, um, an Advent reader for peacemakers. It really is one of the my, most diverse um, Advent devotionals with, um, yeah, queer folk, person of, persons of color, ordained people, lay people, um, documented, undocumented persons. Um, it's really beautiful. And so what we will do is each uh, beginning of the week, I'm not going to say Monday because this week it might be Tuesday, um, we will scan and send out through the EUA social their meetings. They're really short. And then the thought is on that Sunday, if you've read it or even if you haven't, an offering will be to come together and talk about sort of what stuck out with you that week through the reading. So that's one offering. And then the third... Number three is I just received confirmation from Jim Thomas this afternoon that he is willing to lead a conversation over three weeks on the film, I think maybe the hands down best Advent film ever. Certainly way up there. Children of Men, 2006 film by um, Alfonso Cuaron, one of his first feature films. Um, and it stars Clive Owen and Julian Moore and, and a variety of other great actors, but its basic conceit is it's 2027, you're in a post-apocalyptic Britain, the world is crumbling around them, and no child has been born in 21 years. And into that, a pregnant, migrant woman of color appears, pregnant for the first time that anybody's aware of in the world in 21 years. And this film sort of follows that thread through. It is, it is really, really, really thoughtfully done, and I think it's gotten more popular over the last decade as the events of the world have risen to meet it in many ways. Um, so yeah, excited to be sort of centering around that film in ways we will figure out together before next week. So that's three things at four. You've got sort of Advent pageant prep, you've got this Peacemakers uh, devotional conversation group, and then that, that film group all happening at four the next three weeks. And then I'm going to let Suze uh, start off with a song that you wrote for us. This is three years ago. Whoa. It was three years ago. I kept doing that, but it was two. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's 2019. Wow. <laughs> and you know? Yeah, and another announcement, Suze got married since oh. the last time she was here. Yes. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. <laughs> no, really, my mom said she didn't think she'd live to see the day. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm really glad to be here with y'all on the first Sunday of Advent again, and uh, I'm going to start by playing the song that I wrote in 2016 for your congregation. Um, 2016 was a was a heavy Advent for many people. It was a rough December, um, and uh, yeah, this song has only, you know, it hasn't gotten better, so uh, this song has continued to come back to me as very appropriate for the first Sunday of Advent, but uh, thank you for letting me share it with you again. 
my mother's kitchen I make myself small again that Zach Hutchinson is a very brave soul and will be sharing with us the homily woven into this Advent pageant. And he did not know that when he signed up. So he really is a very brave soul. Um, Would someone read our text for us from Matthew to get us started? But about that day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, 
One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding the meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. You all just thought we were done with the apocalypse, right? Um, yeah, so another week of, a, of an apocalyptic text. And in the lectionary, the season of Advent, no matter if it's your A, B, or C, always begins on what seems like a pretty unsettling note. Whether taken from Matthew, Mark, or Luke, each year, Advent begins with a passage that challenges us to remember that this season is a time to remember a God that not only has come, but a God that will come again with signs and wonders. And when the writer of Matthew penned these words to his people, according to Barbara Brown Taylor, things had never been worse in Palestine. The chosen people were scattered. The temple was destroyed. The promised land was province of Rome, and there was no relief in sight. Jesus said a lot of things, but obviously something had gone wrong because most of the generation that heard him say and do all these signs and wonders were quickly fading away, and life was pretty miserable. The people that were left we're really thinking that God's alarm clock for this second coming must not have gone off. Or worse, had God just forgotten them? God, through Christ, had not come back as people expected. And so the people, which I think, right, understandably so, just kind of stopped paying attention. They stopped thinking and believing and expecting a God to break forth. There was a deep anxiety and an apathy that was welling up. For, for they had stayed focused, really focused, for about two decades by the time Matthew's writing. But then the disciples began to die off and quite frankly, this story of Jesus, Emmanuel, a God who was and is and will be, just started to sound like a nice story you would tell, but it didn't really matter. If the stories were true, then where was Christ? Folks have become numb to even really care to notice to even think that long ago the story that they heard of a babe born in a manger who ushered in an inbreaking kingdom would in fact come again. And it's into all of that, all of that apathy, all of that anxiety, all of that doubt and skepticism that Matthew says, wake up. 
He simply beckons the people to not be like those of Noah's day who were just going on about their lives, not really awake to what was going around them or expecting anything to happen at all. He cuts through the anxiety and apathy and numbness and exhaustion and says, wake up folks because not only might you miss God's second coming, but you might, in fact, be missing God here and now, already in our midst. The only way, according to the writer of Matthew, that we can prepare this Advent season for the coming of Christ once again is to simply wake up. For I don't think we're that different from those people Matthew was writing to. Apathy is real, anxiety is present, numbness can overwhelm us to the point that we don't even know we're numb, and we think, sure, this is a really nice story, but is God really coming again? According to spiritual teacher and Jesuit, Anthony DeMello, he says this, most people, even though they don't know it, are asleep. They're born asleep, they live asleep, they marry in their sleep, they breed children in their sleep, they die in their sleep without ever truly waking up. They never understand the loveliness and the beauty of this thing that we call human existence. You know, all mystics, no matter what their theology, no matter what their religion, are unanimous on one thing. All is well, all is well. Though everything is a mess, all is well. He goes on to say, strange paradox to be sure, but tragically, most of us never get to see that all is well because we're simply asleep. This season of expectation of Advent is a time for us to expect that we are able, in fact, to stop sleeping and wake up so that we may truly live like the prophets and mystics before us, proclaiming and knowing that though everything is a mess, somehow all is well, for God was and is and will continue to break into time and space and be Emmanuel, God with us, if we simply would wake up and take notice. This waking up of Advent does not dismiss our own longings and hopes, our anticipation for the redemption and restoration of all things, but rather makes us feel these longings and know these vulnerabilities and desires more deeply in the marrow of our bones. This waking up that Matthew is talking about admits how finite we still are in the world, waiting, aching, yearning for the beautiful redemption of all pain, all sorrow, all brokenness. This waking causes us to notice where we still have to hold creation groaning with longing for peace, for wholeness, for justice. And yet this waking up dares us to hope 
that though everything is a mess, all is well, all is well. For Christ has come and Christ will come again if we but notice. This waking up is not simply going through the motions like the original audience of the Gospel of Matthew or like so many, I think, of us or perhaps friends and people we know in society. But this waking up is an invitation to pay attention, to be willing to let our numbness and our anxiety and our apathy be cut through so that we might enter into what God is doing in our world already and be expectant for what is to come this Advent. To wake up is to be more like a Mary, conceiving a new reality of justice and love, even when it's not really beneficial. It is to be like a Rosa Parks who on this day, 64 years ago, refused to give up her seat to a white man in Montgomery. And though many people tell the story that she didn't move because she was tired due to her age, she says, the only tired I was was tired of giving in to the way things were. It is to wake up and be like Ruth Coker Bukes, who on every World's A Day in Arkansas is commemorated and honored for this Southern woman who was a church leader in a Southern Baptist church in the 80s decided that no person should die alone from a disease that people didn't understand and walked alongside hundreds of men dying in the 80s of the AIDS epidemic, loving them, caring for them, burying them with dignity, and telling them that they were not an abomination even though their family had. Waking up is to not let the anxiety and apathy and numbness of gun violence in Durham, the fact that we are over 40 deaths due to gun violence in this city already this year, to overwhelm us, but rather it is to show up at a coalition vigil, to come toward one another, not apart, to recite the name of someone's loved one to grieve for that life and pray for a world where guns are turned into plowshares and to work toward that world and to work toward that city and to work toward that type of peace and love and connection within ourselves too. This is a waking up that invites us, beckons us, to open ourselves to this very world that, yes, breaks our heart, while simultaneously opening ourselves to this same world of such beauty and possibility that it simply takes our breath away because we might not have been, but here we are, alive with an invitation to simply wake up. But how do we even begin to wake up and pay attention when so many of us have been asleep for so long? When we are overwhelmed 
by the day inness and outness of life that just keeps going. When anxiety and apathy and numbness and grief overwhelm us, when we are focused on all that is not well, all that is a mess, how do we wake up when we've forgotten to even believe that all can be well? One way we can begin to prepare this Advent season, that we can begin to wake up out of our deep slumber, is to simply light some tiny lights. It's going to take time for us, I think, to wake up at least for me. But each day throughout Advent, we're given a practice, a really simple one, but it's a practice to wake up and to pay attention to what we're feeling, what we're longing for, what we're grieving and what we're hoping for in the midst of it all, simply by taking time to light a candle on the Advent wreath each day. First, we light a candle of expectation, then we light a candle of hope, then illumination, then peace, and finally the Christ candle to remind us that Christ has come again. And though we may not be fully awake tonight, or for the first few times we light one of these tiny lights, each day as we light a candle, we will be able to more honestly and robustly proclaim, though everything is a mess, all is well, all is well, for I know and expect God is still coming and I don't want to miss it. Though everything is a mess, all is well, all is well. For I know and expect that God is still coming. Welcome into this season of Advent. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to wake up. So we're going to wake up tonight by making some Advent wreaths. And as you can see, we have lots of supplies on this table. And so it's kind of like an assembly line that you're gonna take back to the tables. So you have wreath forms. Get one of those per family. You'll need four candles. We have a variation of greenery. Um, you don't have to be like stingy, there's a lot. We even have extra behind it. So take what you want. Um, watch out for the buckets. So the things that are standing up in buckets are um, prickly. So feel free to use, but just be warned about that. And then grab some shears or scissors. And we have tape and wire and clothespins and however else you want to put these things together. So last year, there were a lot of different variations on how to assemble an advent wreath. I leave it up to you. I will say some people found like sort of wrapping and creating an advent wreath outside of the form was helpful and then they kind of placed it onto the form. 
other people just like jabbed, you know, like greenery into it and it all stuck and stayed and it was beautiful. Um, it really, however you want to create one, create one. On the supplies front, we will need to share. So kind of share with your table. Um, but we have these six tables, probably with the numbers once the kids are down here, we'll need to sort of stand up. We, there may not be enough to like sit, so sort of push the chairs out. Um, but yeah, we have like 30 minutes to practice waking up as we make these Advent wreaths. And hopefully you will light them in your homes every day of Advent to help us wake up this season. Let us come, make Advent wreaths, get beer, pass the peace, get coffee, get water. Um, and yeah, we will come together to make these wreaths. If everybody wants to gather back around, if you're still working on your wreath, that is noble and good, and you should keep working on it. But if you're done, you could come sing a few more songs. Perfect. We're going to be in the key of D back there. For you, O oh Lord, our souls in stillness wait. For you, O oh Lord, our souls in stillness wait. Truly our hope is in you. Truly our hope is in you. O Lord of life, our only hope, your radiant shines on all who look to you in the dark. Emmanuel, come, come light our hearts. For you, O Lord, our souls in stillness wait. For you, O oh Lord, our souls in stillness wait. Truly our hope is in you. Truly our hope is in you. O oh joy above all other loves in you. joy of all other loves in we find more than enough as we are sorry oh heal and restore come light our hearts this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine this little light of This little light of mine, I'm all 
bushel motion yes don't hide it under a bushel that's right you can also interpretive dance this one you know if like your bushel to you is more one of these you know maybe it's like hide it under a bushel no I don't know whatever it's your dance move I'm just here to make suggestions hide it under a bushel no So many good voices in this room right now. So I'll keep this short. God came to be with us once. God is still with us. God is coming again to set things right. Redeeming all that is broken in us, curing all that is sick in us, and bringing all that is dead in us to life. As you come to this table seeking not to be afraid, Committing yourself to preparing your heart in this season. This is a table where you are expected. You've always been expected. You don't know how to pray to a baby this season. 
If you're all out of ideas, if you've been weeping over losses, if you feel dim, if you feel bright, if you are young, if you are not so young, if you are asleep, if you are still sleepy because you've been trying so hard to wake up, if you find yourself awake tonight, I don't care which of those you are, this is a table where you are expected A long-expected, expectant God expects you here tonight and has set a table at which you are, as you have always been, welcome and loved and beloved and invited to wake up anew to God and each other here tonight. As there always is in Advent, we expected you so much that somebody, who mulled wine tonight? Gail Thomas expected you at this table so much that she mulled wine that is in these carafes. There is still juice. There is delicious sweet bread. There are even some gluten-free crackers that we replenished because the kids had already been eating them. (laughs) And that is the table that expects you now and has been expecting you as long as you have been awake. Welcome to this table. Welcome to Advent. Let's... Enjoy each other. Come.